0: Amen, it's a faith church, hallelujah. Turn turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Luke chapter 2, Father, we just praise you and we thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the gift of Christ, truly the gift that never ends. We thank you for it, we praise you for it. Jesus, thank you for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, some, I think it's 700 years before Luke chapter 2, Micah prophesied about the Savior coming in Bethlehem. And um, he said the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem and in Micah. And one of the things that you see is, and then they had some prophets. Then they had 400 years where there was no prophet in the land. There was no voice of God in the way that they were used to. And then all of a sudden, things started shaking again. They started turning on. And you had John the Baptist, who was prophesied about, and then born, and Jesus, who was born. And, uh, but it had, been, it had been 700 years since that prophecy. It's one of the uh, most amazing things. Is and what you're going to see right here in Luke chapter two, is that the the Lord used a heathen governor, basically to bring about His prophecy. You know, it reminds me of the story I heard, I heard it this week. It reminds me of the story where uh, the lady is. There's a lady and she's got her kids and doesn't have a husband and and um, you know maybe maybe. I've heard it I've heard it multiple ways but there's a lady in need and uh, she needs food and stuff like that and all of a sudden the doorbell rings and she's got a big bunch of groceries on the on the steps and she starts dancing praising God right on the porch and it's just awesome And then all of a sudden her atheist neighbor jumps out of the bush and says, See there, it wasn't God. I went to the grocery store. I bought that stuff for you. I did all of these things for you. It wasn't your God. And she just said, she just started praising God even louder. She said, Thank you, Lord, for for getting my groceries and making the devil pay for it in Jesus' name. (laughs) And it reminds me of that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, hey, I prophesied. And I'm bringing, I'm going to bring this about. Even if a governor that doesn't know you, even if a governor that doesn't know you has to call it into being. And that's what you see right here. God's word is true. This is a supernatural book. Do you know the odds of all the prophecies coming together just for Jesus to be born the way he was, to live the way he did, and to perish the way that he perished? You know, just... And to be raised, like all, the odds of all of that are inconceivable. I mean, they're just <laughs> inconceivable. So um, it's just statistical, t- statistically speaking, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth <laughs> Golly. of all the inhabited earth this was the first census taken while Quirinius the governor of Syria was the governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to register for the census each to his own city joseph also went up from galilee from the city of nazareth to judea in the city of in the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David. I mean just look at what the Lord's coordinating right here already. Look at what the Lord's coordinating already to bring about this prophecy that Bethlehem would be so mighty and have a savior born in it. I mean just look at that. Then he then he says this. He says because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths. Uh, We know it like from the King James, the swaddling clothes. That will come up again in a minute. And laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in their fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Now, before before I go any further, I want to read this. Uh, Pastor JB, a lot of times on Sunday morning, he'll send out a note or he'll send out an encouraging word uh, to me and to others, and I told him, I was like, Pastor JB, if you'd send these earlier in the week, my sermon prep would be so much easier, so much, so much simpler if you just send them earlier in the week. But Sunday morning, it's a little difficult, you know, it, for me to form a sermon around. But this is what he sent this morning, and I just want to read this to you because it, it was so good. It, he said, think about every little detail that had to be done in order for this to happen And what it means for us today, a heathen king gave a decree that the whole Roman Empire had to travel to their hometowns to be registered so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem as Micah had prophesied 700 years before. He said, Jesus, the Lamb of God, isn't he the Lamb of God? Wasn't he the promised lamb? All right, this is interesting. Was wrapped in the same strips of cloth, the swaddling clothes, that shepherds used to wrap newborn lambs with. In other words, this was a signifying. Think about this: if they're not in the, if they're don't, if there's no room, if there's room at the end, and they're they're not in the barn, basically, they're not wrapping them like this. But this is a a sign, hey, this is, this boy is the Lamb of God. He is the sacrifice for the ages, once for all time. This, that's wrapped now in in these same cloths that they would wrap the lambs in, here's this Lamb of God. Then he says this, Jesus was the bread of life that came down from heaven and where was he laid? In the manger for every person to partake of. In the feeding trough. See, aren't these good? If he'd just send this on Tuesday, y'all would get great messages all the time. I pick on them about it. and so, Listen, God, I want you to hear this for yourself. This, this is what he wrote. I'm still reading what he, what he wrote. God can and will take care of every little detail necessary for you and for your family to experience everything that God has prophesied to you. Amen? Merry Christmas. See, when, when he gave us Jesus, he fulfilled everything that he needed to, to get everything that you needed. See, many times we face... You think about when Jesus and the disciples were in the storm. When they were in the storm... You know, it looks like, man, is that fun? (laughs) No. No, to your flesh, correct, to your flesh, that's not fun. But wasn't Jesus there? Now, did the flesh recognize that or is the flesh scared? The flesh is scared. But it was the disciples' job, obviously, to put down the flesh. Set their eyes on Jesus. And in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the discomfort, Christ was there. And that was, a, that was a signal and a sign to all of us that no matter what you see or what you face or how cold it is or, you know, like, <laughs> y'all may not know this, but, and, and, but Justin and, and, and Rebecca, they wake up this morning, they're in a brand new house basically. And, but the heat is off downstairs. It's not like it's an old unit or anything. I don't know, we don't know all what happened there, but imagine that, you know, Christmas morning, you're waking up and the heat's off downstairs. You know, it's like not running right. You want everything to be perfect, you got stuff to do, you got, you know, you want you don't want to get up and work on that stuff. But in that moment, and, and have y'all ever had moments like that where things it should be better. This is Christmas, this is my birthday, this is whatever. This is any day I don't want to deal with this, you know. But the issue is, regardless of what we see or regardless of what we face, how we trust God comes into play. And if God would bring about all of these details to fulfill prophecy, but then by His own word, His prophecy to you is that I am your provider. He's your provider of what? Whatever you need. He is your peace that passes understanding. He is your bread of life. He he is the sacrifice to pay for the hardship so that you can have it easy in life. And so what happens is in those moments when we face trials and temptation and hardships on our flesh, the world has taught us to look at the hard to look at the storm, to look at the wind and the waves. But Jesus is there. He's always there. He actually made you this promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if he would line up all of these details and even bring heathens about into the plan to get the promise, to get the prophecy to the world, if this is a sign to every person individually. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you, and when you hit those moments, amen, when you hit those moments, you don't look at the wind and the waves, you look for Jesus. Jesus, you're in this. Jesus, this is you're in this somehow. I love this, you know, last night when we got back, it's Christmas Eve, we're flying into the Charlotte, if y'all don't know, Charlotte is like, in a stinking mess right now, uh Charlotte's airport is a mess they're they're doing all this stuff, and literally we walked when we got to the baggage claim, there were people that said we've been waiting for our bags to come out for two hours, like they're trying to go home for Christmas Eve, like bags from this plane send them to this baggage. You would think it's not that complicated but and and huh, oh no huh, yeah. One one guy was there. They had actually had their bags. They were looking for them the day before that, and they got them while we were standing there. So it's like just a mess, you know. And we're sitting there, and and um, Luke was tripping me, tripping me out. He was he was making me laugh because he was like, why have they not planned for this? I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Why don't they have this covered? I'm like, you know, they, they need somebody smart to figure this out, buddy, you know? And, uh, I was like, it's a big project. You know, they got a lot of stuff going on, but we finally, after a couple of hours, we got our bags and, you know, I, I was circling the car and the girls were looking for the bags and it was cold and everybody's just frustrated. And, it was, it was funny. You know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you go there, if you ever pull up and you're like waiting for your party to come out of the airport, there's always somebody there. They'll be like, you can't sit here. You got circle back around, circle back around. Yeah, there's always somebody. They weren't even out there. They're like, we're not arguing with anybody. We're just like, it was, you, you know, if they were out there, there was going to be a problem. And um, two hours, we get, it, we get in the car and we're, we're leaving the airport. And Luke says, I love this. He said, he, this is it. He says, you know, if, if there's got to be some, some reason. There's got to be some reason that we were later than we expected. It could have been an accident down the road or something like that. I said, that's right, buddy. I said, we trust the Lord. We look for the light of God in everything. We look for his provision. There's something. There's some reason. And that's fine. We trust him. Like we're not believing to be defeated all the time, but if we find ourselves in the middle of some kind of storm, be it big or little or frustrating on the flesh or whatever, we trust Jesus. Because if He will bring about the details like this to bring His Son into the world, His Son was the Savior of all things. Of all things. So no matter what we see, He is our Savior. And no matter what we feel, He's our Savior. He's our Savior. He's our Savior. Listen, you understand that your storm doesn't cease to make Him a Savior. He's the Savior 100% of the time, all the time, everywhere. That's who He is. That's His character and nature. And it's personal to you. And so no matter what storm we face or run into, maybe at 50 miles an hour, smack in our face, we hit a wall, right? Jesus is our Savior. He'll help you. He'll pick you up. He'll help you recover. He'll bring a a peace that doesn't make any sense. That's who He is. And if we'll just look, okay, this is not where I want to be, but Lord, I set my eyes on You. You know, as long as Peter had his eyes on Jesus, he did the supernatural. But when he started looking at the wind and the waves and the stuff that broke and the stuff that's not going well and it doesn't feel good, he began to sink. And it's just like that in our lives today. If we will look for for Jesus in the middle of the storm, we'll do the supernatural because he's the savior, he's the provider, and he's lining up the details to bring about a victory in your life. That's why it says, thanks be unto God who's always leading us to triumph. In Him and manifesting through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. See, the issue is if we start to get in fear and we start flipping out about something, what we're showing is we don't really believe that. If we flip out, if let, think about this. If we get angry at all, at all, at all, <laughs> If we get angry, we are showing that we don't trust him in that moment. Now there's a righteous anger, but I'm not, y'all know I'm not talking about a righteous anger. You know, when Jesus got mad because they were dishonoring uh, the father's house by having thieves in the temple, basically. It wasn't just the money changing, it was the thievery that was going on. And he had a righteous anger that was a godly anger and a righteous anger. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're mad at somebody and you know you shouldn't be mad. For the majority of times, anger is a sign that we don't trust him as our provider. And we're looking at the wind and the waves, and watch this, and we're what's happening is fear is causing anger to rise up because we don't believe that the storm is going to quit. But we have a Savior. But we have a Savior. We have the greatest gift of all time that will go to work for us and help us. Help us when we miss it. Help us when we get it right. Bring about favor. Bring about the supernatural. And your life can be a testimony. No matter what you see or what you feel. Wrapped him in cloths. Laid him in a manger. There was no room at the inn. He was the Lamb of God. He's the bread of life. Verse 8, in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in their fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. I love this. Anytime that God's on the scene, He almost always opens with this in some form or fashion. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And you see that. Like, And the Lord said years ago, y'all have heard me say it, learn to recognize the emotion of fear. Because if you're in God and fear tries to come, that's not of God. In, in perfect love, all fear is cast out. All fear is cast out in perfect love. You don't have to have fear when you're in perfect love. The issue is that a lot of times we haven't been in perfect love and if we're not willing to put our eyes on Jesus in the middle of the storm, that's why the fears are there. That's why the anger comes. That's why these things have have sunk us and we've sunk down and not done the supernatural. But God's calling you to be a testimony because He sent a Savior. He sent a Savior, and that Savior is yours today if you'll have him. You have a Savior that's with you always. He'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust who he is? And when you start trusting him, you know, I, I watch and I, I watch people who have testimonies in their life. And, and the issue is the reason why they have testimonies is they just made a decision. Like, all logic is not telling me to trust God right now, but I trust you anyway. And those are the people that end up with testimonies. It's very constant. It's very consistent. The ones who flip out and are angry and scared, they're actually doing what Jesus got on the disciples about because they didn't, watch this, their heart towards Jesus was that he wasn't a savior. Their heart towards Jesus was that he was someone to worship and to give to, but never receive from in those moments when their flesh is the most scared. But God always shows up with this word, and I'll give it to you again today. Fear not. Fear not. What are you fearful over? There's nothing to fear if we'll just get in God and stay there. Fear not. He says, Don't be afraid. For behold, look, look, if if we were saying today, look, I bring you good news. I got good news for you. This is to everybody you're going to find out in a minute. And what kind of good news? First of all, it's news. Second of all, it's good news. It's good news. This is good news that still is good news today. It didn't stop at the end of Luke chapter 2. And it didn't stop at the end of the writing of Re- the book of Revelation. It still carries on today. It's good news. Good news, and what's this? Of great joy. Great joy. It is this not, all right, good news now, you got to work on it. No, this is good news to bring you great joy because you have a Savior, because you have a provider, you have a protector, you have Jesus. It's great joy. Watch this. Which will be for all the people. Are you in all the people? Am, am I talking? Or is there some not all the peoples that are listening to this today? Or are you in all the people? Then this is for you. Good news. I got good news for you. Of great joy. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is... Christ the Lord. He is the anointed one of God. He's the one who brings the anointing. What does the anointing do? It breaks the yoke. It breaks the yoke. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, you know, I, every time I read that, I just think, I just think, can we praise him like that? Could we worship him the way the angels worshipped him that day? And this is maybe even a stronger question: Should we? Should we have anything in us that holds back praise? And if he's worthy of being praised, isn't that a sign that he is worthy? Of something praiseworthy. Isn't that a sign to us that if he's worthy of that kind of praise by the angels, he's brought something? And if he's brought something, that means you and I can have something. That means actually you and I do have something. We have it already. We have the greatest gift. We have a Savior, a Provider, a Protector, a Healer, a Deliverer. We have a Redeemer. We have Him. He's worthy of that kind of praise. Sometimes when I walk into churches, sometimes it's been our own church, and I'm looking and the praise is going on, and man, it's like people are like, No smile, no praise in him whatsoever. Oh, it hurts my heart because he's worthy of praise. And I've been there too, but I had to get over me. I had to get to the place where I realized what he was worth. And, what, and, and here's the thing. When I got real revelation of what he's done, all of that changed. It became easy for me to praise him. And what I realized was I just didn't have a good revelation of what He's actually doing in my life and what He's already done. I just didn't have a good revelation of it. But when I got a good revelation of it, like, you couldn't stop me from praising. I mean, I've gone into some dead churches, and they're all sitting there like this, like this, and I just start bouncing, you know, I just start that, because that's what I do uh, half the time, you know. And why? Because I just got to praise Him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's funny how that praise will start to break off on other people. They're like, oh, we can do that? We can do that? Yeah, you can do that. We should. We should. He says, and then multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, saying this, verse 14, glory to God in the highest. There's no one higher. And he deserves the glory. There's no one higher. And he deserves the glory. Glory to God in the highest. Say it with me if you would. Glory to God in the highest. And then he says this. And on earth,
1: peace. Have you ever
0: noticed in a storm and in a trial and in situations like that, what you don't feel like? Peace. You don't feel like peace. He's saying, look, everything you'll ever face, I'm bringing it. The question is, will you have it?
1: Will you have
0: it? What did he tell the disciples to do? He said, go up to the house. He said, knock on the door. He said, declare your peace over the house. He said, if your peace comes back at you, bounces off the spiritual wall of that house and comes back to you, knock the dust off your feet and go to the next house. He says, but if you go to that house and you go, peace, and they and the peace is received. Now that tells us something that we should do. When, when Jesus is announcing peace, when God is announcing peace, does he find a person who's receptive? Or does he find somebody who says, You don't know what I put up with this morning? You don't know what I've been going through this week. It was rough, it was cold, it was rainy, it was ugly. You don't know what I've been through with my family. Oh, my gosh. The story, let me tell you a story. No, don't tell me. I don't want my peace stolen. Like, don't tell me that. Like, let's just deal with the one who can bring peace regardless of what you've been facing. See, the question is, are you open to reception or has the problem become so big that it's now blocking your solution? And so he says, glory to God, in the highest, and on earth, peace. Peace is a weapon against the enemy. But many people won't have it. Many people won't have peace because they praise the problem more than they praise the solution. You just think about it. You go go and, you know, about anything. What is it people are are posting on Facebook all the time? The problem's. What's on the news? What sells? The problems. We're in a corrupted world. It's taught us to focus on that. To make that stronger than the one who gives peace. That's what a corrupted world does. But we as Christians are supposed to change culture. And in order to change culture, we got to first recognize there's a solution. And it's a real solution. And secondly, to change culture, we have to receive That solution, stop looking at the wind and the waves, stop looking at the problem, receive a Savior. Lord, I receive you. I receive you. I watch it so many times as I'm talking to people and I'm I'm trying to give them the solution, and they're fighting the solution because they keep talking about the problem. They're fighting the solution because they're finding ways not to believe instead of to believe that he's good. He's good. And he's got a great plan for your life. He's got no plans for your catastrophe. But we get in fear and then anger. And what are we doing when we get to those places? We're rejecting peace. See, if we get to the place where we're in fear and anxiety, what did he say? Be, be anxious for nothing. nothing. It's a command. But yet, when, when we do that, what are we saying? We're saying, I want the anxiety more than I want the peace. But he says, this is on earth peace. Peace. That peace will go into the storm, slice it up to nothing in the Spirit, dispel it, and you'll go through with blue skies if you will learn how to receive that peace. But in order to receive that peace, you've got to know that there's a solution given. you got to know that there's a Savior that's available. He says, Lo, I'm with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. That means no matter how you feel or what you see or what you're going through, there's a Savior sitting right there with you ready to dish out peace if you'll have it. Yeah. And if you think about it, when we go through those situations and, and all of a sudden, man, there's just a, it's like a fight on our hands. What, what we feel like we have to do is I got to protect myself, you know i got to protect myself in that moment. And and what we do is we become our own source instead of being a receiver of the flow of the source of God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Peace among men with whom He's pleased. Peace among men with whom He's pleased. How can they be pleased with us? Anybody in here ever messed up? How can God make this declaration? (laughs) Like, I messed up. Have you messed up, buddy? A couple of times. More than that. (laughs) Serena's only messed up like once. Maybe twice. Nicole's the same. I've messed up a few times. How can he he be at peace with us? Because we've been given a savior. The word says it like this spiritually. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. From the foundation of the world, God had given his son. The son had given his life spiritually. He had done it from the foundation of the world and now that this gift, the greatest gift of all time, was on the scene, Jesus, the Son of God, peace could be had with men when it didn't even make sense. It didn't even make sense. But yet we could have it. Last last couple of points here is Anybody remember Christmas morning when you were a kid? How's how's Christmas morning? Are you excited Christmas morning? Were you excited Christmas morning? Yeah? All the kids are like, yeah. Were you excited? I remember our first Christmas morning when the girls were big enough to kind of get up on their own and they knew what was going on and everything and you know, it's like zero dark 30, and I hear on, I hear it at the top of the stairs. I'm like, what is that? And Nicole's like, that's your kids. Not her kids, my kids. That's your kids waiting to come downstairs because we had told them, don't you come down here on your own. And uh, why? Because we want to see it, you know. And uh, that's your kids waiting at the top of the stairs. This morning, like, it 20 and 18 and 9. They're all at the top of the stairs waiting, you know, excited. Think about this. I can can remember one time going to sleep at Christmas at my grandmother's house. I I must have woken up five times that night. Like every other hour, you know, I'm waking up because I was so excited. My brain subconsciously in my sleep kept waking me up like that. How would, think about this, as a kid... How would you like to have Christmas every morning? Every morning you woke up and it was Christmas time. You'd be spoiled. You'd be spoiled? What if you knew how to not be spoiled? Would that be all right? Here's the thing with Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. It says this in Matthew 6, verse 10 and 11. It says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he, this is Jesus telling us to pray this way Give us this day our daily bread. How often? Daily bread. Every day. What's the daily bread he's talking about? Yeah. What, what, what's the daily bread he's talking about? What, what'd you say? Everything I need. Is it just what you need? The Word says He gives us richly all things to enjoy. It's not just what you need, it's everything. And He says, Give us, He says, you pray this way. This is the right way to pray. Lord, today, give us daily bread. Who's the bread of life? Jesus. Was this announcement by the angels in Luke chapter 2 just for that day? If it was, what are we doing here this morning? If it was just for that day, it wasn't just for that day. No, it was peace towards all men with whom He's pleased. It was good news of great joy for everybody that would receive the Savior in that way. It was fresh daily bread from heaven, the full supply and provision of everything that you would ever need and desire, the desires of your heart, for all time. And he literally says pray this every day. I often wonder. Are we applying enough faith. To what God has actually already promised us. Are we actually like drawing on that. Or we think, we think that normal is like. Well you know I'll just. I'll say my prayers today. But I'm not really expecting anything. Bible hope is expectation. Bible hope is, is expectation. Joy. Confidence. Expectation sounds like a great gift. Good news of great joy, which will be for all people a confidence and an expectation of every day, every day there's a full supply of fresh daily bread from heaven through Jesus the bread of life who's the Savior of all to bring all of His promises and all of His good every day in every situation at all times in every place it's all the time are we putting faith towards that? see I think I think if we actually get in faith on these things, the problems will try to come in. And I love what Brother Tracy says. uh, when There's a verse that says, when the thief comes in like a flood. But he says, that's not, I don't think that's how that's actually translated. It's more like when the thief comes in, comma, like a flood, the peace and the salvation of God will come up against them. And see, I think what happens is when problems come in, if we have true revelation of the daily bread of God, we're like, well, God, how's God going to work this out? How's, how's God going to work this out? It's like what, what he was saying on the way home. Well, okay, we had to wait a couple hours to get our bag, but there's something afoot, something good, something great, some kind of manifestation of the peace of God in a situation. We might not know what it is, but Lord, we trust you. We trust you. Daily prayer. What if Christmas could be every day? Every day. Well, pastor, that would be nice, but you know, if you were checking Santa's list, I wasn't a good kid this year. Well, oh, Lamentation 3, 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. In other words, but I messed up every morning. What if Christmas could come every morning? Fresh daily bread, fresh mercy, fresh forgiveness every single day. Literally by that scripture, even if I mean we just royally messed it up the day before. (laughs) Royally messed it up. We should literally spring out of bed and go, today's a new day. I got mercy. I got compassion. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Now the devil wants to keep you in that place, like, oh, you're so bad. I can't believe what you did yesterday. And then we wake up and we're like, I know, I just so awful. No, great is God's faithfulness. You might not have been faithful, but his faith, he was faithful. And His mercy and His compassion fails not. Fails not. Never fails. 100% all the time. Every day. Every day is Christmas morning. to. In other words, what, what you had all jacked up, if you will set your eyes on Christ today, everything is reset and renewed every single day if you'll set your eyes on God. And so that literally means we can jump out of bed like, Lord, I I," listen, you don't just leave sin sitting there, obviously. That would be God forbid. God forbid that, all right, I'm doing a rebellious sin. I know it's wrong, but I want to keep on doing No, you deal with that. And once you deal with that, His mercy is sitting there every day. His compassion is sitting there every day to forgive you and move forward. Now, if, you're, if you know you're doing wrong, you just keep doing wrong. You're not going to operate in that. But if you'll say, Lord, I repent of this. I'm changing. I don't want to ever do it again. That's what repent means. I'm changing how I think. I never want to do it again. His mercy's sitting there waiting on you. Sitting there waiting on you. Every day. Every day. Every day. One of the biggest problems that I help people get over in pastoring is this, is that they're condemned over the stuff they've been doing. They don't know how to receive forgiveness. God's standing at the door going, here's forgiveness, here's forgiveness. I speak peace because I'm forgiving you. And they're going, I'm too bad. And they slam the door and so that peace comes back to, to God. But he's sitting there every day pronouncing fresh daily bread. And if we will say, Lord, I receive that forgiveness by faith. I have your mercy today. Your compassion is for today. Your mercy fails not. Your compassion fails not. I have it new every morning. What if Christmas came every day? And then if you are walking in God's good graces, what's available to you? What's available? Are we believing big enough? I'm convinced we're not. I'm convinced we're not. Because this is not a reality to us. This is not a reality. His grace, His fresh daily bread. Then in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 7 and verse 9, it says this. Again, He fixes a certain day. When? Today. Today. It goes on, you basically can say, as long as it's called today, this promise is available. And he says, today, saying through David after so long a time, just as it's been said before, today, if you hear his voice, and do not harden your heart. Sometimes we harden our own heart because we don't believe that we're worthy of it. We don't believe that we're worthy of his gift of mercy and compassion when he's already declared it for all people if they'll simply receive it. He's releasing right here, every day that it's called today, peace to you if you'll have it. And so many times we've slammed the door like I'm not worthy of, I've been so bad. It breaks my heart. I I absolutely hate hearing people when they get up in age and it's like, the Lord will forgive you. Will you have him? I've been too bad. Because all they, they, they just don't know how good He is. His good trumps your badness. His good beats your badness all to pieces. There's no badness you, you can do that's bigger than his goodness. His goodness always wins. But they believe the lie of the devil they're not worthy of. It. Many Christians face that on, on every day. His mercy and his compassion fill my... They're new every morning and it's to be received today. And then he goes on to say, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Verse 9, it says this, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. If you are a child of God, every day that's called today is a Christmas morning like you were when a kid where you can step in. If you got something wrong, you can get fixed and you have a a promise of fresh daily bread. And the Sabbath rest means this. The, The Sabbath rest basically in this passage means this. When they were in the desert and they needed to feed themselves, and they needed to feed themselves, they said, go out on Saturday and you pick up two times the amount of manna. And on Sunday, there'll be a supernatural miracle. The manna would rot every night. But on, on not just Saturday night, on the sixth day, going into the seventh day, there would be a supernatural, physical miracle where the manna from heaven, which is also the Bread of heaven would not rot, but it would be for the people of God, be a supernatural, physical miracle to bring about every supply that they would need. And it says, today, as long as it's called today, is today called today? Just checking. So today, we're not talking about this is the time coming. We're talking about today. As long as it's called today, there's a Sabbath rest where you don't have to go do all the work. Jesus done the work for you. You just keep your ear peeled for any direction of God and be obedient to that. He'll tell you if you need to do something. He might have already told you to do something, like we all need to be winning souls. We all need to be making disciples. That's an ongoing commandment. But you keep your ear peeled. He'll line you up in the right place at the right time just to get your delivery of fresh daily bread. Just to get a delivery of fresh daily forgiveness, of fresh daily mercy, of fresh daily compassion that never fails. Every day, I just say, all right, Lord, what do you tell me to do? He's saying, open your heart. It's called today, isn't it? Today is called today. He said, there's a Sabbath rest for you. I'm about to do something supernatural in your life today today. If you'll listen to me and you will not reject my peace, I have good news of great joy. It will be on earth a peace for all the people who will receive it. A fresh daily bread. A Christmas every day. Just keep your ears open. I'll put you in the right place at the right time. Doing the right thing. And about that time you're sitting there doing the things I've told you to do. You just be about my kingdom. And all of a sudden you'll be sitting there you'll get a tap on your shoulder, oh oh, excuse me he's like, oh, here's your fresh daily bread here's your here's your fresh daily bread. This is what God's got lined in your business it's called favor it's when customers wake up with the name of your company in their hearts and minds, with your phone number and you're like what is this number? they call it I, and it says oh I, i'm I'm looking for some electrical work. How coincidental! Fred, and and Chris would say fresh daily bread. He might not tell that person because they might not understand. But it's the favor of God. It's the mercy and compassion that fails not. This is Christmas every morning, and, and that's what it is. And you walk in, they say, "Oh, you know, we don't normally do this, but uh, we're just we just giving you this this whole tank." Of heating fuel this year. We did Merry Christmas. Christmas every morning. I, do you have it inside of you through Christ? Christmas every morning, an excitement, an expectation, a confidence. As long as it's called today, there's a Sabbath rest for the people of God. As long as it's called today, there's a fresh mercy, there's a fresh compassion that fails not. New every morning. Oh, I messed up yesterday. Then, not, not, not. Here's some fresh mercy for you. And, and Christmas every day. Lord, I receive. Receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I needed it. (laughs) I need it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I needed it today. I needed that forgiveness. Oh, by the way, here's some provision to pay the bills. Christmas every day. I want you to tag it. You get blessed this year as we're going into 2023, the year of glory, and the blessings start pouring out. I want you to tag it. Christmas every day. You may know, other people might not know, but we'll know what it means. Christmas every day. We can literally live, watch this, in the expectation of a child based off of the promises that God's already given us. So how come we haven't been? How about we just start today? Let's go back to being a kid. Like I might just go home and sit at the top of the stairs and just... Shuffle my feet. Like Christmas every day. Who knows? I might get a a doorbell ringing and somebody show up. I mean, something crazy. Yeah. Something crazy. Christmas every day. We have it in Christ. And watch this. You have a promise of a Sabbath rest of God. A supernatural daily provision. As long as it's called today for who? For the people of God. For the people of God. Today, if you just receive Him and become His people, it can be Christmas every day. And for people that have been His people, if today we just turn our hearts to Him and don't harden our heart, don't slam the door of unbelief in His face, But we have an expectation and a joy and a confidence every day. As long as it's called today, I have a supernatural supply. I have a supernatural supply. I have a fresh daily bread delivered to me in my life every single day. I have fresh mercy. I have fresh mercy, fresh grace. I have fresh compassion every morning. I have a supernatural rest of God every day. How many people have that? How many people have it? The Lord's at the door asking how many people have it. Do you? Are you convinced of it? (laughs) Do you have Christmas every day? Fresh daily bread. Mercy and compassion. New every morning. Sabbath rest of God. Supernatural provision. Is it yours already? There's got to be a confidence inside of you. it has got to be something. You have what God has done for us. Is the greatest gift. A gift that keeps on giving. A gift every single day. Even when he says, what does he say about healing? He said, healing is the children's bread. See, it ought to, it ought to frustrate us. It ought to frustrate us when sickness hangs around. When, when mercy and compassion is new every morning, and, and I'm not walking in the children's bread, which is supposed to be daily healing, is the children's bread. You ought to say, wait a minute. The devil has deceived me into thinking this is normal. This is not normal. What's normal is I got fresh daily bread. And healing is the children's bread. Healing is, Jesus said that. Healing is the children's bread. How, many, how often are you supposed to get a bread from Jesus? Every day. Every day well, you know, I messed up and I, I did some dumb stuff in my youth and so I'm paying the co- the consequences of that now. How how Amen. How, see, it's got to go against the grain of your spirit. It's got to be like, no, no, that's not right. See, you're, you're, you're getting that. You're sensing that like, no, that's not right. Oh, I thought we had mercy and forgiveness every day. There's mercy and forgiveness for that. There's mercy and forgiveness. Well, you made your bed, you got to sleep in it. Where's that scripture? Where's that scripture? Well, God's not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that will he reap. Yeah, Jesus reaped every sickness and disease on that tree for you. He carried every sickness and disease. They're all under the curse. And we now, what we sowed into that situation was faith that Jesus sowed the payment that we wouldn't have to pay it anymore. And every person that is a believer in Galatians chapter 3 is redeemed from the curse. Now, don't go around and keep doing stupid stuff. You know, I used to have a chemical company and I would take 500 pound drums. I literally could pick them up off the ground and, and stand them up straight. And I did dumb stuff and hurt my back and did all, but I couldn't, I could make it happen if I need to, but I had to learn how to do it better, smarter, Lord, I don't want my back still hurting. He's like, don't do dumb stuff. That's wisdom. That's supernatural wisdom. You know, and Brother Hagen used to give the, give the example. You set your, hum, your thumb out there, got a hammer in one hand, your thumb in the other. Wham! And Lord, I ask you for healing. And you get healed, you know, you get healed because you did something dumb. Then you take the hammer and do it again. Wham! Lord, I ask for healing. At some point, your conscience is going to have a hard time believing that God's going to heal that. Yeah. So keep doing dumb stuff and you'll pay the price of it. But if you want to repent because His compassion and mercy is new every day, you can say, Lord, show me another way to do that. Show me another way. Give me supernatural wisdom and He'll show you. And when you move to that place, you're going to have forgiveness. The curse was on Jesus. He paid the price for you to be healed. Healing is the children's bread. Christmas every day. Christmas every day. He renews your youth like the eagles. He renews, he renews your youth. He renews your youth. He renews your youth. He renews your youth. It's who He is. He's our Savior. He's our provider. He's our deliverer. He's our protector. He's our redeemer. Christmas every day. I'm just going to do my job of Christmas. I'm going to gather around Christ. I'm a, I'm a mass around Him. I'm going to take Him by the hand. First, Second Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be unto God who always leads us. i got to let him lead me. I'm going to do it his way. Notice many of these scriptures say, for the people of God, for the children. Many times we may have been children, but we stop acting like children. We acted like children when we came to the altar one time, but every Sunday we don't we don't feel like a child every Sunday. We've let the world semi corrupt us and corrupt to get us in logical thinking. But if we'll become like a child again, if we'll just be like a child, he said, "This is who inherits the kingdom of God. You got to become like these children. They're just you know what was what was the adults doing." No, no, stay away from Jesus. He's got to preach in a few minutes. Jesus said, let him come to me. How many people just want to go to Jesus every day? The devil's trying to tell you, no, you messed up too bad. You don't want to talk. You might get zapped. You, You messed it up. You're not good enough. The devil's telling you that. Jesus says, oh, no. They want to come, come. The issue is, many of us as adults, we don't want to come. We're afraid. We've let our feelings get in the way. Christmas every day. Christmas every day. Today, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to be that child again. A child with promises. A child with expectations. A child with confidence. Watch this. A child with joy. A child with joy. Lord, I'm going to gather around you my Savior every day. My joy every day. My peace. How often? Every day. He's yours today. Standing at the door knocking. Will you be a child and receive today? Or will you reject the peace that I'm trying to give you? Well, Pastor, you don't know how bad it's been. You don't know how bad I've been. Jesus did. It didn't seem to move him off that cross. Your mess didn't stop him from going there because obviously he knew what he was going to do beat your mess. What he was going to do, beat your problem. If it wasn't going to beat your problem, that sure was a bad move on his part. But it was a good move. Because he's got your problem licked. He's got it all figured out. And he loves you with an everlasting love to give you a future and a hope, to give you a joy, a confidence, and an expectation. He has no plans for your calamity. He stands at the door. Listen to this now. He didn't just knock on the door of your heart the one day you went down the aisle and accepted Jesus. Every day, as long as it's called today, he's knocking on the door of your heart. Will you let him come in today? Will you let your relationship be brand new? Like it just started again. I need that. I need that on a regular basis. Today I want to give every person that opportunity. Lord, today I receive you. I don't slam the hardened heart door in your face. Lord, I soften my heart to you right now. Lord, I need you. I want you. I gotta have you. I gotta have you in my life. I want you in my life. I want everybody to stand on your feet. And let's just mass for Christ in our heart right now. Lord, I need you to keep your eyes closed. I want every person just to renew that like a child today. I want you to say this out loud. Don't say this in your mind. The word says when you confess it with your mouth. It literally says mouth when you confess it with your mouth. And just confess this right now. Just say, Jesus. Say, Jesus. You are the Lord of my life. Everything you tell me to do, I'll do. You're the director. I believe that you fixed my mess of sin. You went to the cross and the grave for me. And I believe that God brought you back to life for me you're helping me it's Christmas today it's Christmas everyday in you as long as it's called today I'm your child and I'm in your family and I put faith on the promises that you've made me thank you Lord Merry Christmas Will you give him the gift of your faith this morning? That's what he wants. He just wants you to believe in him. Will you give him the gift of your faith? (laughs) Pastor Gene, my pastor, said to me some years ago, he said, everybody wants somebody to believe in them. I wonder where we get that from. I want people to believe in me. God wants people to believe in Him. Will you give Him that gift today? Lord, I trust You. I might see the storms and the wind and the waves try to raise up. I might see weapons formed, but they shall not prosper against me. They may rage around me. A thousand may fall at my left, 10,000 at my right. But that evil will not come near me. In Jesus' name, Because it's Christmas every day in Christ. He's literally giving you Christmas every day in Him. Every day! Do I have any people that believe that and are receiving that today? Father, we just praise you. Just lift your hands right there. If you have anything, I want you to hear me specifically. I know y'all know how to receive. I know that you're hungry. If you have something you need to get handled, you need it handled right now this morning, I invite you to come to the altar. But if you don't have something you need handled right now, I want you to just lift your hands. I'm going to pray and bless everybody. And start receiving that Christmas today. If you do need something, though, don't hesitate. Lord, I need you. I need your help right now in this situation. I need need stuff fixed. I need bodies fixed. I need finances fixed. Whatever it is, if that's you, come forward. If not, Father, right now, you can come up at any time. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we receive Christmas today. And we come together around you. We come together to celebrate you. And Lord, we come and we receive from you. Lord, we give you the gift of our faith. We give you the gift of our belief in you. And we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you the glory. And we thank you. Just pray in the spirit with me. Lord, work supernatural power and grace and mercy in every life that's hearing this. Let the favor of God come up. Let the favor of God come up. Let the favor of God rise to new levels in Jesus' name. So praracaramos be.